0: Hello, and welcome to Media Evil, a medieval pop culture podcast, where we talk about how medieval and medieval-inspired movies, TV, and books depict the medieval world. What did they get right? What did they get wrong? In which they tell us about how modern people see the medieval past. I'm Sarah Ifschdecker, a medieval historian, and today I'm joined by fellow medievalist Peter Konechny to talk about 2008 film Red Cliff. So Peter, welcome. Hey, hey, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. And why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and about why you wanted to talk about this particular film.
1: So I am the editor and owner of Medievalist.net, which is a kind of a, a website for anyone interested in Middle Ages. I've been doing that for about... 14 years now. And uh, we're, we're pretty well known on the internet. Uh, mm-hmm. I've also, you know, uh, done bits here and there. I was the editor of Medieval Warfare magazine for about six mm-hmm. years. So just kind of stepped down from that role and now just kind of working on medievalist.net and trying to be a medievalist outside of academia.
0: Yeah, which is, of course, challenging in its own way. And, you know, medievalist.net is great. It's always where I tell people to turn to in terms of finding something that's actually reputable on the internet as opposed to the, uh, <laughs> many less reputable things that people often run into, and particularly perhaps my students often run into on the internet.
1: Oh, well, we tried to put some fun stuff up, so. Yes, yes. I I have good, I have good writers, so.
0: Yes, absolutely. And why were you interested in talking about this particular film? Because uh, you, you actually brought this to me. This was not something that I'd been familiar with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So like this, uh, the movie Redcliffe is, is based on a book called Romance of the Three Kingdoms. And this is the book of, I guess my teenage youth. So go back to the er, er, like late eighties, early nineties. And me and my friends are playing a game called Romance of the Three Kingdoms, a video game. Mm -hmm. And we're very get Very obsessed as teenagers do with with such things. And it, it, it deals with these events that are happening in the late second and early third century China. This is kind of a, a big clash of warlords, very kind of epic. We even know the story, but we get glimpses of it, glimpses of it in the game. You know, so we, you know, we play for it, it, like many, many hours, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I, I become very obsessive in the sense, like I, I really want to find out more about the story, and but, and this is a d- days before the internet, so uh, right. It took it took me. It took me many months, like you, uh, <laughs> to find any kind of interesting things. Like you I mean, you go into like you know, Encyclopedia Britannica, you know, and try and grab mm-hmm. something, You know that, you know here are here is one paragraph about what this is. Yeah. Um, but I eventually, after about a year, I believe I got a copy of half the translation uh-huh. of this. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I I eventually tracked it down in the nearby city. Their library got half the translation, which was the first time in my life that I stayed up an entire night. Mm-hmm. So I remember that I was just reading through that, and I didn't tell my friends the next day what all these stories. And that mm-hmm. kind of put like me on the course of wanting to be a medieval historian mm-hmm. because *Romance of the Three Kingdoms* is a 14th century novel. Yeah. Uh, of these second and third century events of the, really the collapse of the Han dynasty. Mm-hmm. And it eventually forms into three competing kingdoms. And they last for another hundred years before China again is, is unified under uh, another, uh, another Jin, Jin dynasty yeah so yeah that's that's literally how i got into history so
0: yeah and i i'm so excited as we kind of move forward to have some discussion because i think it is so interesting in terms of the way this film is looking back on its medieval history it's uh you know earlier pre-modern history in terms of the second and the third century and the way that the uh original text seems to be doing that as well right because it is of course a historical novel
1: yeah and this this is also in china one of the most important works in their mm-hmm. history like this is, yeah. this is something like, oh, if you're a child, you know the stories of Laiu Bang and Cao Cao mm-hmm. and, and Zhu I'm going to, oh, by the way, I'm going to just butcher the names in part because they're hardwired into me, like in a different way. Mm-hmm. So
0: I, like, I will have to apologize in advance as well, and that I will do my level best, but I do not speak yeah. Chinese. And uh, so I've, I've made an effort to look things up, but of course, it's a lot in terms of. Figuring out, you know, pronunciation of a new language all at once, yeah. so.
1: Yeah, yeah, like, uh, you know, and it's just it's interesting, like, how, you know, you know, I've taken a lot, and I've read the novel, you know, several times. I have actually, like, three different translations of it, so. Yeah. The, 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 you know, the one I first got is, like, one of the worst translations. <laughs> uh, like, it just in, in editing sense, like, you know, mm-hmm. the, word, the word the is misspelled.
2: Ooh.
0: So is that the, is that the first, because I think the first translation into English, I think I saw was early 20th century. Is that correct? Is that that one?
1: Yeah, that's that one. And yeah, Mm -hmm. if if you get a copy, you're like, wow, every page (laughs) there's a a word misspelled. So, um, but yeah, like, uh, you know, since then, like there's actually a brand new one from Penguin uh, Penguin Classics, also one by Moss Roberts, which is a very academic-y one.
0: Okay, and I'm, I'm very excited to have been introduced to this, especially because I'm always looking for ways to make some of my medieval studies courses a bit more global. And so, you know, this is something that, uh, oh, I'm, I'm very, I'm very excited to potentially kind of incorporate this into teaching in some ways. Our film Red Cliff was released originally in China and it seems like in most other Asian countries in two parts, one in 2008 and another in 2009, so which together have a film of that is over four hours, I believe, in total.
1: Almost five.
0: Almost five. That is not what I watched because I watched the thing that I first found when I searched for this film, which turns out to be the abridged version, which is how it was originally released in the United States in 2009, which is a cut of about two and a half hours.
1: Yeah. And that's actually when I uh, was first able to get it. And I think I saw it maybe uh, in 2010, that was the version that like I got a DVD of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and I, it was only actually looking back as we were preparing for this, that I realized that there are two versions though. I, I wound up, watching, I, I, yesterday I, I plowed through for like uh, five hours And watched it. Uh, It was it wasn't a chore for me because you know you know it's. Religious experience. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yes. By, by the time I found out that I watched the abridged version, I did, I no longer had the time available to watch the unabridged version, unfortunately. So we'll, uh, we'll be able to compare notes on these two different versions of the film. It was directed by John Woo, who uh, I, I mean, I know mostly for his American films that, you know, he's the director of Face Off. Uh, he directed Paycheck, which is one of my mother's favorite movies. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, like he, he, he was kind of well, before he came to the States, he was well known and like as a Hong Kong action uh, director. There's a yeah. great movie called uh, uh, Hard Boiled,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: which is like this, uh, you know, cops and uh, mafia, uh, like mm-hmm. mafia kind of, you know, fighting scenes. And he's kind of known for his fighting yeah. techniques, like how mm-hmm. to show off you know, gunplay and things like that.
0: Yeah, and you can definitely see that, that you know, he's this very kind of kinetic filmmaker, and you can definitely see similarities in terms of, uh, you know, how these battle scenes are shot in this particular film, but also so interesting in that it's very, very different in a lot of ways also, of course, from the, the kind of films that I mostly uh, know him from.
1: Yeah. He, after this, he he really almost, he just did a couple more films and now he's kind of pretty much in retirement. Yeah. Uh, so this, I think, was almost maybe his uh, epic, wanted to end off his career in like a nice epic dramatic fashion to, yeah. to be remembered, so...
0: Yeah, a kind of magnum opus. It stars, so I will say, I I don't know many of these actors well. The one who I was familiar with it was Tony Leung as uh, Zhou Yu, who uh, is in Chang chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, so one of the newer Marvel films that he is, uh, he's a father and does an, an excellent job. And, you know, funny thing, he was a
1: last-minute replacement because it was supposed to be Chow Yun-Fat. And, mm-hmm. uh uh, I take it it was some sort of contractual uh, dispute at the last minute. And Tony, like, it was a longtime friend of John Woo and, like, said, he go do this. And uh, so they had that. Uh, there was another big casting decision. The actor that originally portrayed Cao Cao was going to be a Ken Watanabe. And there was a big backlash in China when this came out. Because mm-hmm. like, they didn't you know,
0: want a Japanese actor, right, playing.
1: Yeah, not for not for this iconic role. Uh-huh.
0: Especially. Yeah. There are a
1: couple of other Japanese actors in this
0: mm-hmm. film. But, yeah. Um, but yeah. But yeah, that they felt this particular role we uh, required a Chinese actor. And so it's somebody named uh, Zhang Feng Yi, who I do not otherwise have a lot of familiarity with.
1: I, I assume they're all, you know, well-known in China, if not if not uh, before then, after then.
0: Okay. Right. Xiao Chow, Chow is played by a, a woman named Lin Chi Ling, who I believe actually at least got her start as like a supermodel. <laughs> They, uh, Which, yeah. you know, fair enough. Hey. And uh, the other British person whose name I wrote down just in terms of it being a character who really stuck out to me was uh, Shudo Nakamura as uh, Ganching, who I found to be a really interesting character. And I found the relationship between him and Zhou Yu to be really interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, you know, like he, he was a, somewhat of a minor character in the novel. So I, I was he, mm-hmm. he really kind of stands out. So that was pretty cool.
0: yeah. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to hearing more from you because I was just kind of doing some general reading uh, in terms of uh, you know what it is that they kind of drew on the novel for overtly and what it is that ended up uh, getting changed.
1: Yeah, yeah, they, they, it is fairly different from the novel. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think actually in good ways. Right? But yeah, I guess maybe let's give... Uh, the, our our listeners, you know, the background of what the film is, or like a synopsis, which yeah, which so. I'm, I'm afraid for if we could do a four <laughs> to covering a four hour <laughs> right. film, it may, it may take a while.
0: So yeah, so let's get into it the uh, the enumeratio or recap section. We start in uh, two hundred in the year two hundred and eight. It's you know a time that is associated right with the end of the Eastern Han Dynasty, and so we have Chow Chow, who is I guess the the chancellor, prime minister. Prime Minister, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, essentially there's a couple of people who are kind of holdouts against the current, uh, the person who's kind of currently ruling as emperor, and mm-hmm. he's trying to push the emperor into starting a war against them.
1: Yeah, you uh, you you get to see the emperor. He's basically almost this uh, bird in a cage. Uh, mm-hmm. you kind of get a that symbolism. Uh, he is uh, very young. Uh, he's just a puppet. He, he kind of feebly tries to, you know, persuade uh, Satsang <sighs> not to do this invasion, but South-South goes ahead. Uh, then you have this official that makes this protest that he dies, and this and uh, this is actually a heartbreaking scene for me because that's Kongron, so. <laughs> and and he's a another somewhat minor character in the novel but you know mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh no
0: that's kind of wrong yeah and just kind of dies <laughs> in the first scene of course um, that
1: means nothing for like the average viewer so uh-huh.
0: uh, yeah now i did not know really who anybody else was, but you certainly get a sense, right, of the emperor as being very much kind of bullied, hmm. right, by Chow Chow. The emperor also has a fabulous hat. I don't know anything about the historicity of the hat, but I love the hat.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, uh, I'm not sure exactly. I am I assume that, like, uh, they've done their costuming to uh, as best they can, just like a lot of medieval movies and epics mm-hmm. do, like, but... One thing you'll see here is there's a lot of characters, and they've really yes. they've they've actually boiled them de- uh, down quite a bit mm-hmm. in this film. But um, this novel is one where there are thousands of characters
0: yeah and it is definitely you definitely get that sense watching the film i will have to say that not being immensely familiar with the novel i feel like there's you know a relatively kind of small cast that kind of jumped out at to me as the characters who are kind of most important and then there's like a lot of other people that i'm like i definitely saw you before i think you did this I, i'm not 100 percent sure i remember your name uh, uh
1: yeah exactly exactly like, again and i think it, it, for the people it's almost like people that watch like say the marvel universe or star wars universe yeah where all these other like little characters have quite big backstories
2: yeah
3: right?
1: and, and there there could be wikipedia wikipedia pages written about them uh, right and, and they will only be like show for like one scene and have no dialogue
0: yeah. And yeah, there's just kind of endless background lore. So this is uh, quite a lot like that. And of course, most of these figures at least seem to be like they're real historical figures as well as characters in the novel. So mm-hmm. really interesting. We have our first big battle of the fi- of the film, mm-hmm. which is targeting Lu Bei, who uh, from what I understand from what I was reading in the novel in particular, I would say mm-hmm. is really a kind of central and like really kind of very mm-hmm. positively presented character. Yeah,
1: he is the uh, main hero of yeah. the, of the of the novel. A lot of it kind of centers around him, without him actually doing particularly much. So,
0: yeah, and here I, I had to think that was interesting reading about that after watching the film, and that he's he's actually in some ways not the character who jumped out to me most after this kind of beginning part of the film. That it seemed like there's you know the couple a couple of generals are the ones who kind of really. Seem like in some ways kind of more prominent characters, but he is certainly a figure who, as we see him in the beginning of the novel, he or in the beginning of the film, you know, he is very much presented, right? Is like he's he's just a really good guy, that he's the guy who essentially the reason that he lost, or at least a big reason that he lost, is because he refuses to take away his soldiers who are protecting the refugees who are fleeing.
1: Yes, yes. He's like uh, people say. Oh, you got to get away. Sao Cao's army is about here. He's no, we got to protect our people. And yeah. He, even he's even told that like your your what your two wives and your son are are, are behind enemy lines. He, yeah. He, he says nothing, and of course that uh, prompts one of his uh, main generals, uh, Zhao Zilong, to start in this big uh, uh, moment to go and find these two women and his Mm -hmm. uh, his son. So so you have this battle uh, that's happening while you have this uh, heroic rescue scene.
0: Mm-hmm. And they, I would say, they kind of cut down. Is my sense they cut down that battle involving the, uh, you know, the rescue mission. Oh, and I think they actually cut out one of the wives as well, because I'm pretty sure in the in the uh, version we only saw one wife. Yeah,
1: you you uh, you see her. I actually, I just see her for like a like a little instant. Uh, yeah, but yeah, he has two wives, and so you have this scene where yeah he finds one with with his uh, life.
0: Laiu Lai Bei's son. His name's Lio mm-hmm. Chan, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a character eventually in the novel, right? Because the novel yeah. goes up a decent amount beyond this. Yeah, 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 he becomes a character.
1: Everyone's fighting around them. Uh, she's been injured. She decides that he's like, to give Lio Chan to, uh, to to him to protect. Yeah. Him, and she throws herself down a well. Wow.
0: Like he just showed up with a baby and he was like, sorry, this is all I got. <laughs>
1: they uh yeah yeah like they're in like this is also it's one of those one like, i think like this one of those is iconic scenes from romance of the three kingdoms so mm-hmm. it's something that they had to include i think they they did cut down like they there's a lot of uh talking between the two uh yeah where she's where she's like that doesn't happen in the film but yeah uh, that there's like she's she kind of does this he like uh but and then he has this he has a fight with the baby yeah a lot of the stuff in the novel gets cut uh, cut out in that. Mm. Like, this is actually a whole like almost chapter devoted right. to uh, to this story. Yeah, I'm so
0: fascinated by like the levels of this in terms of like this is what's in the novel. This is what's in the long version of the movie. This is what's in the short version of the movie.
1: There and there all the are, choices
0: that have to be made yeah. along the way.
1: There are like he there in the novel. There is parts where he gets South Sao's sword. Mm-hmm. He is almost captured by Sao Sao. He's almost he almost has to fight one of his own fellow generals who thinks mm-hmm. he betrayed them. But he ima- finally gets back to, and 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 gives the baby to Bei.
0: So he he gets the baby, and at this point they decide to go and seek out an alliance with this other uh, kind of local power in the region. So it's it's a kind of north versus south divide, is from what I understand, at least in part, is how it's presented.
1: Yeah, like. Uh, in Chinese geography, like the Yangtze River, is mm-hmm. like a ma- is a major pl- uh, kind of cuts through North and South China, and it's yeah. almost, and it's for a long time, for like centuries, it's been a major kind of geopolitical and military kind of point. So you have this other kind of st- in practicality, an independent state called Wu, uh-huh. uh, which is uh, ruled by a guy named San Quan, right? And uh, Laiubei, is uh, he gets advice to go and ally with them.
0: Mm-hmm. He shows up initially sometimes people seem to be demanding that instead they preserve peace, to avoid, you know, this alliance which is going to absolutely provoke war with Chao Chao but ultimately he does decide in favor of pursuing this alliance. They, they begin the process of, uh, of kind of figuring things out. We also will say we see a lot of bonding between. so we have a uh, Ganqing who is one of the generals or strategists mm-hmm. um, associated with Lu Bei's forces. and then we have Zhou Yu, who is the kind of big general strategist mm-hmm. associated with Sun Chan's forces. Mm-hmm. And we see a lot of kind of them them bonding in some ways, like they're playing music together. They talk about, you know, military strategy and, and formations.
1: And this is what, what I found like really probably the most interesting change from the novel was this mm-hmm. relationship that they have. And it is kind of met with like this beautiful musical scene, mm-hmm. uh, which was, I think it was like one of my favorite kind of yeah. where they're, they're playing to each other and in uh, like the, the zither and mm-hmm. in it they tell each other, their plans what they what they yeah
0: yeah and I and for me really as I said not you know not being as familiar with the novel you know it really this relationship was what stuck out to me as being really central to the film yeah so yeah
1: and uh it it you know it it really like there's a whole bunch of things like they help even give birth to a horse so yeah They watch like uh, the kind of militaries uh, do this. They watch like military training and have mm-hmm. like, little moments there, and they start, you know, setting this up to get. And the idea is to get Sun Quan to decide to uh, yes to fight.
0: Yes, they might. They manage eventually to convince him. Uh, I'll know. Meanwhile, we do also meet Zhao Chao. I'm I, I feel I, that. I, I'm not a hundred. The wife, uh, Zhou Yu's wife. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Yes. Uh, Zha, uh, Zhao Xiao, I
0: think. Zhao Xiao. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So we so we meet her and uh we learn that she seems to be to be pregnant.
1: Yes, my uh yeah. my partner pointed this out to me that and of course as a guy, me and Zhu and Yu do not know <laughs> that she is pregnant. Right.
0: <laughs> right. I'm watching this and I'm like, she like she's like pulling your head to like a, your head to her stomach, like that means precisely one thing, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. They uh, that's like, oh, what's happening? Oh, because she's pregnant. What? really? Right. Oh,
0: okay. Oh, ha! <laughs> huh. Weird. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, this is an incredibly loving relationship, you know. So that is presented as and uh, as partners, and uh, it was very refreshing for me from
0: mm-hmm.
1: say the novel. <laughs> uh-huh so, yeah that
0: was certainly the sense i got was that the film gave her more to do my sense reading over some of the summaries that you even see more of her in the longer version of the film than i did where she kind of comes and goes to some extent as a character
1: yeah it is also that uh, xiao xiao is also the affection of xiao xiao uh uh-huh. he, he even has this portrait of her he remembers yes. her as a when they were little
0: which is and, creepy. It's very creepy, this, like, yes. portrait of her that he, like, has, that he just keeps, like, staring at. It's like, ooh, ooh, uh-uh, uh-uh.
1: It, it's very much set up that one of the big reasons he's actually doing this invasion is to get her.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which never, it's never good. It's never good. And no, uh, no. certainly adds to what I would say, you know, there's a very kind of clear portrayal of Chao Chao as the you know villain here i would say you mm. know not entirely unnuanced but i would say like pretty much like yeah. uncomplicatedly villainous and this like lust plot line is certainly you know contributing to that
1: indeed indeed his character gets changed a little bit i'd say mm-hmm. from uh like that uh plot line in particular is, is not there but it's uh yeah, you, you have you have that kind of so you have now getting like the motivations for everybody getting kind mm-hmm. of settled in. And now there's probably another scene that you I think I believe was cut out for you, which was a tiger hunting scene.
0: No, I did not see. I did not see the tiger hunting scene. So
1: Zhu Yu is able to kind of convince Sun Quan to fight, but Sun Quan is very much worried about his ability. His father was a great warrior. His Mm -hmm. brother, elder brother was a great warrior. He has not kind of done anything. And Mm -hmm. uh, so he has doubts about himself. And there is a a part where they've decided to go for a hunt. Zhu Yu, Sun Quan, Sun Quan's sister. And they come across a tiger. And uh, Zhu Yu kind of sends Sun Quan to go kill this tiger. With a bow and arrow on his own, which he which he does, and it mm-hmm. helps bring his resolve. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not. I am not surprised this was cut out for like a North American <laughs> audience. It wasn't a particularly a great scene, and it's just like what tiger hunting. But uh, you know, that's the kind of stuff that would be done in third century China. So
0: right, yeah. No, we we did not see the tiger hunting scene. Uh, we do briefly in the even the short version. We meet his sister. Sun Shangqing, uh, the sister. Although yeah. I think I, I was reading about her, and she also she has a different name and other things. Sometimes she's called Lady Sun. It seems like sometimes yeah. referred to as Sun Ren. Yeah.
1: So I, I, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll probably call her Lady Sun for okay uh, easiness. So yes, right. and uh, and she is is a very good warrior in her own part. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, like they call it, like they kind of call her a tomboy, but she's uh, able to get already show quickly that like yeah uh, she can stand up to the
0: boys hmm And she's a really interesting character. Essentially, Sun Chan kind of has his implicit declaration of war by responding to Chao Chao's messenger by only sending basically a blank piece of paper, <laughs> which is like a real, like, move. I, yes. I was like, all right, that's a good one. But uh, he does murder the, Chao uh, Chao does then murder the messenger.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, in novel, it's a Zhu Yu that murders Chao Chao's messenger. That oh, okay. <laughs> so. Okay. Yeah.
0: So there's, so there's dual messenger murdering.
1: Yeah, little, little details, yes.
0: Uh-huh, okay. The messenger is killed. They begin the battle plan. At this point, I will be honest, I'm kind of looking, I'm like, what's with the turtles or tortoises?
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, they often kind of like in Chinese kind of literature and even in military, they kind of talk about the turtle or the tortoise uh, in formations or things like that. It's, you know, it kind of gets used. Uh, so it's probably something, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't get it quite clearly, but, uh, they, yeah, you like literally have them talking, planning out strategy using a, a, a turtle
0: right it was definitely something that kind of as it went on I sort of got what the point of the tortoise because at first I'm just like why are they just plopping down a tortoise on this kind of like on this kind of bat on this kind of model essentially of uh, where the forces are so they have their kind of first skirmish which which they're able to win and in fact uh, Lady Sun plays a very pivotal role in this she's the kind of initial figure who kind of lures them in and they think like oh it's just like some girls it's not really a big deal we can easily beat them and then you know they reveal everybody
1: else this is Thao Sao's advanced force that's moving on land they get lured into this Zhuyu's Yu's army Mm -hmm. uh yeah and and I I believe this was also probably cut down for you they have them I I I thought actually this is one of the best kind of fictional battle medieval battle scenes i've ever seen in a sense that they do a lot of stuff uh yeah you notice that there's these formations the cavalry, as they kind of march uh, uh, at south south cavalry kind of charges in they're kind of forced into these traps within mm-hmm. the formations basically they're all kind of uh get broken up into little groups which are taken down in different ways
0: yeah. And it's, so I think they did, they kind of cut some things, but still, even in the shorter version, you, you get a sense of the formation, uh, you get a sense of some of the kind of moves being made by individual characters. It is, I think it's a really, really well shot battle sequence and one in which I often find that it can be kind of challenging in some filmed battle sequences to actually kind of keep track of what's going on. And I didn't feel that way during this one, but I felt like it was kind of very easy to follow.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a part, like where Guan Yu, which is Liu Bei's chief general, blood brother, mm-hmm. yeah, sworn sworn brother, he he comes in all by himself and like in the fashion of Darth Vader at Rogue One, goes through the enemy like about twenty of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. with his halberd in just this, this these epic battles, and a lot of that was the show off because they don't have these main huge characters and from the novel Guan Yu, Zhang Fei, and Zhao Zilong mm-hmm. they really just fight in this yeah. film but these are huge huge characters right Guan Yu is like idolized even today as the god of war. Mm-hmm. In China, so so they have them all going out and then you have these wonderful kind of like where they take them out with the the, the common soldiers take them out with leg slicers and mm-hmm. lassos, uh, which is great. And and then you yeah. have have Zhu uh, J- Yu gets into the action, um, yeah, and defeats one of the uh, generals. There's only a few left. They send the other one back
0: with mm-hmm. like like
1: ten of his men. That's all that's left.
0: Yeah. Ooh, victory yeah no we've got a victory and yeah and, you know and joe joe's pretty badass i will say he's got like you know he takes an arrow and he like pulls it out and uses <laughs> to like stab some guy in the neck it's <laughs> yeah. like all right it's so a move it's so a move
1: indeed indeed so fun stuff fun stuff yeah uh,
0: so yeah so at this point so chow chow makes camp basically at this point they're preparing for or anticipating a major naval battle and this is this way, by the way
1: where part one of the film stops
0: Right. Okay. So, oh, okay.
1: So part one of the film is, is stops at this point, is basically Zhu Yu and, and Zhu Jiang are have this chat where they watch over Cao Cao's naval fleet as that has mm-hmm. arrived and is, oh, it's so huge. Yeah. The good guys have won the battle.
0: Yeah. And that's and that's interesting that this is the end of part one. And part one and part two, are they kind of close to equal in length?
1: Yeah, yeah, they're, they're okay. very close to equal. Uh, another thing that you may have not seen is that there was a marriage alliance proposed between Laiubei and, and Sun Shan, uh Shan, Yeah, Sun. no,
0: that was not in the short version. That was something that apparently is like is in both history and the novel, right? Yeah. That there is, in fact, eventually a marriage between the two, yeah. but that that did not show up in the short version.
1: Yeah, so uh, Sun uh, Quan, they are all having this kind of victory feast. Uh, Sun Quan, you know, says, oh, you know, uh, I think it would be a good idea if Lady Sun uh, marries Laiubei and we can mm-hmm. uh, uh, unite our houses. And, like, she does not take this well. She knocks out Laiubei <laughs> with her... <laughs> good for her. <laughs> with, with that kind of... Um, little pinch she does on the neck mm-hmm. so her. she is she, and she she goes out and leave some calling like what did I do wrong what did I say <laughs> uh, I'm sorry she, I did
0: not see that. And, that and I will say so it's it's interesting because I I don't have the exact time stamps but at least based on the length of my notes my sense is that if that that given that that's where part one stopped that basically they cut out a lot more from part one than they did from part two for the short version
1: I I believe so. I think uh, uh, that it just is the way it was. Uh, And then they have, yeah, Zhu Zhu Liang meets her outside Mm -hmm. and they have this kind of conversation. She's just, you know, I kind of understand you. They go to these pigeons that she has, kind of insinuates, you know. You can, you can do what you want. You can be who you want.
0: And this much. is an area where I think maybe the uh, abridged version did not totally succeed because I found it somewhat confusing in terms of just all of a sudden she, a lady son is just in the enemy camp and has, like, infiltrated the enemy camp and is, like, sneaking around and, like, sending pigeons, it seems like. And I'm just like, wait, wait when did when did you get there? Does anybody know you're here? Like, who arranged this?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, like, so when part two opens up, Sao Sao's arm, Sao uh, Sao is uh, kind of watching, he has this huge army set up mm-hmm. in this kind of uh, temporary camp that they've literally constructed overnight. Like they have the huge, huge, huge fleet. Like, like Sao army is supposed to be 800,000 strong. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they're only fighting an army of about 50,000. Yeah. So Sao Sao is taking it easy. He's watching a game called Kuju, which is like mm-hmm. soccer. And a lady's son has now snuck in and is spying around the camp. And she goes to this uh, game and is watching it. And there is a star player, like one of the guys playing is there. And somehow they, the ball comes to her at the side a couple of times and she helps out this guy. <laughs> and they ha- they afterwards they start up this conversation. And he is uh, this kind of, he's a southerner too. He's kind of joined the forces, like like many mm-hmm. people, in part because like it, my family. Oh, you, you know, I'll save like three years taxation, right? Like mm-hmm. my family will be okay, you know. Uh, but he's a country rube, like, uh huh. Like, and he's like he does. Oh, you know, and he yeah. Calls, but that he, that
0: character is not in. The, he is uh, not in this, <laughs> and this.
1: This and then they call each other Pitt and Piggy. Like he calls Aww. her Piggy. Uh huh. You know she. Oh man, you weigh so much. You know, <laughs> but. <laughs> And he, call, and he calls her pit oh he, she calls him pit so there are actually several scenes with them like as she is spying around the camp and he comes to her help by accident almost like she is running away from others and yeah he helps her out uh, and they have these long conversations they have these conversations right like yeah. a little hmm. bit of a, a, you know a romance is, is blooming you know yeah
2: and,
1: you know interesting you know and, and so she is sending back pigeon reports. Right, to, to judge. Uh, that's why he's the one had he had that conversation. Mm-hmm. He knows about this. I don't know if Yu knows about this too.
0: Right, and you know, and so they're they're learning various things. Like you know, there's this whole kind of way that the boats have been set up, so that they're interlocking, it so that the uh, the northern soldiers who aren't used to the water won't get seasick.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's a, a major plot point for the novel. The novel, they were chained together. Yeah. So in this one, they make it a little more fancy. So.
0: Right, it's very fancy.
1: And of course, there's also a the big typhoid uh, epidemic.
0: Yes. So we have uh, this plague, this kind of plague. A number of people are killed and, uh, or who, you know, die in this epidemic. Mm-hmm. And we have essentially, like, biological warfare. <laughs> uh-
1: <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, sounds out like, they tell them, oh, we got, you know, burn these bodies to make sure the plague uh, ends. And South South says, well, no, I've got a different, different idea. And he puts them all on boats and sends the boats across, uh, across mm-hmm. the river to Zhuyu's camp.
0: Yeah. And they, get, and they
1: get infected.
0: Yeah. And this is where uh, Lou Bei goes to gather up his men and leave. Um, yeah.
1: He's like, ah, oh. You know, I can't, uh, I can't uh, fight like, you know, all my men will die. I, I'll have to move off, you know, and go somewhere else. So
0: Yeah. And Kong Ming does stay, which is really lovely that, you know, he has this yeah. kind of relationship with Zhou. He says he's committed to this. And I thought that was a very nice scene. Yeah.
1: By the way, in the abbreviated movie uh, is he always called Kongming?
0: Ming? Yeah, I believe so.
1: Yeah. So I, I, I think I noticed that like, Le uh, Liang like, has two names. He's called Kang uh-huh. Ming. And it's called Zhu Yang. so... Uh, right. So, uh, if, we're, if we're using it, like, th- those are very just, you know, it's just, uh, Kung Ming is his nickname.
0: Okay, okay, because, yeah, cause that seemed like what was what they were usually calling him, so, okay. And so I will just, I'll go ahead and, you know, have a slight spoiler for the uh, the end of the film, since, of course, oh. they'll eventually be getting spoilers, but so it turns yeah. out that Lu Bei's leaving is a ruse, which I I was completely taken up in it. I had no idea he was coming back. <laughs> I was, I was just as surprised as Chow Chow.
1: (laughs) I I would sense that the, the, all the kind of, uh, you know, Chinese watchers and uh, fans of the novels, like, oh no, we all know it's, he's, he's a good guy, you know, like, you know, La Bei you know, here does not get portrayed in a particularly great light. You know, he's a nice guy, but he doesn't Mm -hmm. seem to be a bright guy
0: right and this kind of tracks in terms of what we saw of him earlier right that his priority is to protect his people and so from that it's like you're a little disappointed but it kind but it makes sense it's understandable his choice you know his choice to leave it's like on the one hand it's like wait this alliance was your idea but on the other hand it's like all right i can kind of see where you're coming from and i feel like that actually works really well in terms of I bought into the ruse, but mm-hmm. also when he came back, I was like surprised, but it felt like it made sense, yeah. I guess, which now, is a challenge.
1: Now, Kung Ming, Zhu Yang does stay behind. So, mm-hmm. And still is working with Zhu Yu. Of course, he's the main guy. So
0: yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And as I said, I really, really liked, I really liked their relationship. We continue with essentially our plan for kind of figuring out, you know, how to deal with this really massive army and that they're also kind of under, uh, our, our good guys are kind of under resourced at this point. And they come up with this plot. And from what I was reading on Wikipedia, the plot is uh, dramatically oversimplified in the abridged version that seems yes. All I got in the abridged version is essentially that they create this plot just to basically collect arrows, which they do by having these boats that are covered in straw and they show up uh, you know, under, under cover of fog. And they also have these kind of dummies set up. And so they basically manage to collect a ton of arrows by having uh, the... Uh, Chow Chow's forces basically just, like, shoot all of their arrows into the straw and dummies on this boat. But from what I understand, there's another part of the plan (laughs) that just gets totally cut out in the (laughs) abridged version.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Sao Sao is, like, uh, fresh off this kind of victory with, with the sending disease soldiers he wants to uh, send a spy into uh, Zhu Yu's camp. And Zhu Yu has an old friend named Jiang, uh, uh, Jiang Gan, who is this kind of scholarly guy, you know, a bit, bit of a little buffoon, a little bit of a clown. But he's, he's sent over across to kind of like say, well, you know what, Sao Cao wanted me to convince you. But he's there to secretly spy out, right? Mm-hmm. So as this is happening, Zhuge and Zhuyu have this conversation where, like, hey, we need, like, 100,000 arrows. You're, you're, you know, yeah. we can't fight him. Bei kind of took, the, took like, like 50,000 anyways. What are we going to do about it? And Zhuge says, you know, like, uh, yeah, but you also have this problem where there's these two generals that recently defected to South South's camp. Their uh-huh. names Kai Mao and Zhang Jun. And these two guys that know the, how to uh, fight on, 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 uh, on water, these are mm-hmm. naval experts. We, ha- you have to get, uh, we have to get rid of them. So they promise to make promises to each other on pain of death that, that Zhu Liang would get 100,000 arrows in three days. Mm-hmm. And in those three days, also Kai Mao and Zhang Yang would die, would lose uh-huh. their So as Zhang Yang comes in, Zhu Yu pretends to be drunk. Uh, Zhang Yang overhears Zhu Yu Plotting that you know he that he's going to get a hundred thousand arrows uh, uh-huh. from from Cai and Zhang Yang, and there's going and he even gets a letter that like uh, he finds a letter that uh, that that Zhu Yu got from these two, uh, professing that they would betray, and mean, at the same time Zhu waits for these three days and waits till a foggy day,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: he he sends out uh, these ships filled with straw,
0: yeah. The ships were great. Um, this was such a good, this is such a good plan. I love the ships.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is again, a really famous scene from the novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's even done better in the film, I think, than in a novel. So Jiang Gan, meanwhile, gets back to Cao Cao's side with this evidence of this conspiracy. Cao Cao kind of doesn't believe it, but things are starting to pile up. You know, like, there's this attack going on, they're firing all these arrows, uh, all this evidence is coming, and Zhuge, you know, as the, as the, as the As all the fog lifts, you see that Juz plan that he's got a hundred, you know, a hundred thousand arrows. So Sao Cao is really angry and he confronts these two Mm -hmm. and says like, you two, you you two were betraying me. And like, no, no, we didn't. We didn't. And he's like, off of their heads. And then he has second thoughts just and and then he has like someone says, hey, we need someone to, you know, still man or knave. And he says, he says, wait. And just as he says, wait, so the heads get cut off. Oh, uh, you know.
0: Yeah. So as I said, that that whole, that whole plot was just not in the abridged yeah. version. So we have, we just have the boats and the arrows. We do not have the executions. We skip the executions.
1: And, and there's a very tense moment actually at the, after the end of this, where Zhu Zhang is bringing back the arrows and they're bringing him back and they count it, it's at 96 99,600 and the officials, Hey, but you know, but like, you know, it's close enough to hundred thousand and Zhu's no, I gotta die. I gotta <laughs> die. And then like, you know, like they're, and they're about to execute him, and oh no, three more guys come running back with arrows, like 600 <laughs> more, you know, <laughs> and, and he survives. And then, and then Zhu's like, well, Zhu, you know, are uh, Kai, Kai Mao and Zhang Young dead? And I' and like I can't report that yet, yeah, I don't know, and like well, it's your time is up, you know, and it's I guess it's gonna be off with your head, and then a, a pigeon lands uh with on hand, and for us, yes, they are now been they have lost their heads, you <laughs> know, and so they're you know both ah, so beautifully done, beautifully done. <laughs>
0: yeah so uh great success we also then have additionally as a success that Lady Sun returns home and she's basically like wrapped up in this whole like map of the entire enemy camp which seems very very helpful and i and i really like how this scene is shot that at first she just like you know her brother is like where were you and she just like gives him this look and then she like starts stripping basically in the middle of like what's even happening
1: (laughs) Yeah, they're all trying to hide Zhao, you know, Zhao helps Helps her with it uh, Yeah, and like reveals
0: this, this map, which is and, I, mean, I mean, the way it's like unwinding, it's beautifully shot Yeah,
1: it's beautifully shot, and it reveals Oh, here is South Cao Cao's camp All laid out, and this is yeah. from all her uh, Wanderings, and she barely Makes it out, like Pip has uh, Literally has to help her out, and she mm-hmm. at, at, at the end, she tells him, I have to go back To like my my home That, you know, care for my parents, she says I think you really should too, Pip just go yeah. back. Just leave. He's leave. I, I will after this battle is done.
0: Oh, so sad. And which I which I miss. I miss that whole relationship. <laughs> I'm kind of sad about that. I'll have to watch the extended version at some point, or the or the original version at some point.
1: So there's lo- lots of little things you probably also got cut out, like uh, Zhuge showing off his rapid fire crossbow. Nope, missed that. Jiang <laughs> Gan gets killed. So and Cao has just. Long talk, uh, where he rallies his men and he's taught, uh, his men are still suffering from disease. And he has mm-hmm. to, he goes into the uh, uh, medical tent and like he talks about his, you know, how he misses his son who's only 13, he hasn't seen him in years. Oh,
0: uh, oh, that's interesting uh, to add some depth to that character, too. Which, yeah, I also did not get in the abridged version
1: they so he has that as all those men like you know who are all just like bedridden you know they Mm -hmm. they stand up and they're all shouting like then you have this scene where the entire army is around him shouting victory Mm -hmm. victory really cool stuff
0: yeah meanwhile we have we have a very complicated weather-based essentially kind of plan forming that basically the The situation at the moment is that both sides would, in theory, benefit from being able to use fire against uh, the enemy, and that at this precise moment, the way the wind is blowing, that would be to Chao Chao's advantage, because the wind is blowing such that if the other side tries to use fire against him, it's just going to basically blow back into their own ships, essentially
1: yes kai mao uh, and zhang yang early on in uh, when they meet like they do say hey the the, the weather is really unpredictable here you I mean, mm-hmm. know it but you know it's you got to watch out especially for the winds so
0: yeah and there is like and you know with the fog scene earlier there is an the amount of like on uh on chow chow side they're like complaining like like oh the southern weather is so weird
1: exactly but like zhuzh Tell explains, like, you know, I know a bit about weather and uh, I know, like, yeah, this moon, we are going to have a switch in 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 the wind. Yeah. He's, he's a meteorologist.
0: He's, yeah. so
1: He's just that so, damn good. It's,
0: it's very, it's really impressive. And he's like, yeah, the winds are going to change. This is like the time range when the winds are going to change. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen mm-hmm. way worse getting, pre- you know, in terms of predictions from, like, the weather report <laughs> in Memphis, like, right now. It, uh, like, the, he, he does a good job.
1: And they said, well, it's going to happen around, like, you know, it's it's at 1 a.m. But uh, they they figure Sao Sao is already ready for his big attack. So they have to figure out a way of delaying them. Yes. You probably missed it, but there's a little part where one guy goes to Juge and proposes, let me, let me beat me and I will pretend to turn traitor and I will send, uh, I will go with them with fireboats. Um, right. Yeah. No, that. I didn't have that. Yeah. Oh. So, and that, like, there was just a little nod to the actual story. Of, mm. uh, but what what they re- uh, what's happened is Zhao, uh, Zhao Xing, she had overheard of all this, yes, uh, uh, and she had also learned from from Jiang Gan that Cao, that Cao Sao was wanting her, right? Right. So she sails all by herself to yep. across the side to uh have to kind of delay him.
0: Yeah, which is uh, which was I uh, yeah you know, and this I understand is not in the novel, correct? No. no, no. You know, on the one hand, there is something of a trope of like the woman sacrificing herself. But on the other hand, I was like, this isn't, this is an interesting move. And I kind of like that it seems like they sort of, they sort of gave her something to do and gave her some amount of agency and that she really does like make this decision mm-hmm. all by herself that she just like takes off and is like, yeah, I'm going to do this and kind of, you know, and in some ways kind of like wield my, you know, the power that I have over him through, you know, his desire for me. They. And of
1: course you have this kind of beautiful scene where she's walking by herself with the mm-hmm. entire army around her. as she walks up the like the hill into South South's like temporary uh, palace.
0: Yeah. And she basically had like delays him with a very fancy tea ceremony.
1: That's right. That's right. Like she first tries, you know, make that you know obvious persuasion not to attack for the people and but then like you know uh he's there and he's like infatuated with her right yeah uh, uh, and she's just so, like let's
0: have a conversation uh, about tea yeah, you
1: know and uh, even like when he's like kind of, when he starts you know oh the wind is kind of changing and she just oh by the way this is the boiling of the tea that's most important just awesome awesome stuff going going for her like and uh meanwhile all his generals are just like South South General's like, what's happening? This woman, you know, is- right? Like, Cognitive why are is- you hanging <laughs> out
0: with this woman drinking tea instead of doing a war? Uh, and like, yeah. good for her that like she goes through all that. Like, she sees the creepy portrait that he's like been keeping of her, and she's like, "Yep, I'm gonna keep going with this whole situation." Like, I, you know, it's it's impressive. This is a, a hard hard situation to be in mm-hmm. he also has some sort of like head wound which i had a moment where i was like did you somehow poison the tea but it seemed yeah. like some like, yeah but i was yeah. like so what's going on with that is there yeah, i know
1: like uh, i think in the history he kind of suffers from like migraines
0: yeah so, yeah
1: like uh, he gets this migraine for a minute but yeah uh like, you did probably... you put the migraine
0: triggers in this yeah tea? yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> So, but it doesn't last. It doesn't last. Meanwhile, there's probably some other scenes you miss where, especially this touching scene involving food. Mm-hmm. Uh, like at Zhu uh, camp or Zhu uh, Yu, they give out the food uh, to the soldiers before the battle. And everyone, everyone gives Zhu a, a little bit of extra food. Knowing, his, knowing that his wife and unborn child right. are, are over there. Kind of like, So. I was really fucked yeah. up. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I I did not have that scene. And, and that would have been nice because I, I feel like there was some amount of like a little bit of frustration with Joe in terms of that. It didn't, especially in the abridged version, really kind of go that much into his internal conflict. Like he just had somebody's like, should we rescue your wife? And he's like, no, which is obviously the right move, right? Because mm-hmm. the reason she's there in the first place is to allow for this delay. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's just a little like, it would be nice if we'd like gotten a little bit more of him like being upset.
1: Yeah, yeah. There, there is I think there's quite a bit actually. There's like uh, a scene where he, he reads a letter from her. Uh, you know, yeah, and we we do,
0: yeah. we do we do yeah we do have that like, okay. like yeah he has the le- yeah where he reads the letter and is kind of lying down in the bed without her. And so we do we do have that yeah. But yeah. so yeah. he
1: has that like Sun Quan gives a very nice speech as well. Zhuge goes off to check the weather mm-hmm. he's kind of off by himself uh like yeah uh, in, in part because in the novel literally he is actually changing the weather so so uh so that's oh. why he's not that's why he's that's mm. why he's kind of like off in like some field somewhere kind of watching things and uh-huh. you know, uh but you know uh, so you almost kind of see him do almost a bit of magic almost like uh, uh, yeah uh,
0: yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, no, I, I really liked the the weather plot line and the, like, way that they're really kind of using the weather to their advantage and, like, being very, very careful about this. And really, like, Chow Chow is shocked because he did not expect the wind to, like, really suddenly change. And I, and I love the way they actually show it in the film, right? Like, they actually, like, have, like, close-ups of, like, things that you know there's like there's like water kind of spout like coming from a little tap that like you see the like direction that the water that like the beads of water are like blowing in change like you like there's a it's like really well visualized I think yeah
1: yeah very very well done and uh like it's all kind of really kind of like just leading up to there's going to be this big battle right yeah Uh, and ramping up the tension so but the yeah. wind does change and then it's uh they send Huang guy with his uh 10 ships first these fire ships yeah and he and he, he goes they they sail in just before they get it they they set it on fire Sao south cow gets the warning but it's just, just too late it's just uh, yeah minutes like seconds too late before they yeah. can actually separate the ships and stuff like that and mm-hmm. try and so all these uh ships have big fires, you know? So, yeah. Uh, there is a you, lot of fire. You like you were like literally soon watching a hellscape of like yeah. burning ships. Like imagine like thousands of burning ships and like, yeah. everything coming in. And as so this happens, and Zhu Yu is following up almost immediately with a uh, kind of a battle scene. And
0: mm-hmm. then at
1: the, at the same time, we have heard that, oh, Laiu Bei is actually, uh, you know, yes. he, he will be attacking from the land.
0: Yeah, and we like here like 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 at some point, you know, Chow-Chow like figures out what's going on and like and like or somebody tells him like, "Oh, and like Lu Bei is like here with his like cavalry." And he's like, "Lu Bei? Really? <laughs> he came back?" <laughs> I just loved like how shocked he was. And I was like, "Yeah, no, like I'm I'm right there. I'm right there with you. I was surprised."
1: Yeah. They all part of the plan. So all yeah. part of the plan. So as my notes say, you know, flaming arrows and lots of death are now. Yes. Yeah, my
0: my notes are similar uh, in addition to I I will say I did have a little bit of like frustration in terms of like I kind of wanted Joe to seem a little more concerned at this point about maybe like trying to rescue your wife who's now in the midst of this like flaming inferno (laughs)
1: indeed indeed Uh, you have like many like uh, kind of fighting scenes this this is all happening at night by the way yes uh, there's a great little scene where Gan uh, Gan Zing, this kind of pirate that's kind of like the head of Zhu Yu's military, like his kind of you know, he sacrifices himself with fire with a huge yeah. firebomb, yeah, uh, knocks down like a, the major wall. Uh, they all kind of rush in, and then we have super explosions and battles. And
0: yeah, so there is a lot of explosions. They finally kind of get through into the center of the camp. Uh, there's a bit of a standoff uh, with uh, Chao Xiao being held as hostage, yes. and uh, and we, and we finally actually have like uh, Sun Qian actually kind of like does uh, does something which he he has not really done at least in the in the abridged version he doesn't seem to have done a lot up until this point uh, that he's obviously kind of there as the ruler but has not done much actively militarily and he actually does like he like shoots Chow uh, Chow like kind of the top of his head and.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. There it is this uh, great little scene where uh, they've got the girl hostage. Uh, Zhu Yu is 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 cornered by Sao Cao and his uh, brother Cao Hong.
0: Right. So he's like at sword point, E. Yeah. Uh,
1: so all the heroes have arrived. Like everybody's there. Li <laughs> uh, Bei's all of Li Bei's men, and Xiao uh, Long is the one that kind of goes up to that tower and pushes off. Uh, Cao Cao's guy who's holding uh, Zhao uh, captive she falls Zhao Yu saves her Mm -hmm. Sun shoots the arrow grazes Cao Cao's (laughs) Cao's head oh beautiful Uh, yeah but now it's the the battle is over and they say yeah uh, now Cao Cao go home
0: which I was uh surprised (laughs) by uh and kind of was like oh that seems like a bad idea
1: yeah, yeah, you know, like, uh, uh, I think, remember they did that in, uh, who's the Robert the Bruce uh, movie that came out on Netflix?
0: Oh, right, yeah, um, Outlaw King.
1: Yeah, Outlaw King, Outlaw King, uh, Yeah, King Edward loses that balance, just go home. And it's like, <laughs> no, no! Yeah, yeah. so, um, <laughs> so you've, you've definitely been missed out on the, the, the final Pit in Piggy scene.
0: Yep, did not see, did not see that. So
1: so she, uh, in this battle, she is there too. And uh, uh, she is like, um, at one point she sees Pitt, you know, and like, he's like, "Ralph, come on, we have to save our prime minister. And like, she's, she tries to go up to him. And so she winds up, uh, I'm getting choked up, sorry. I'm uh, so sad that I missed this whole story. (laughs) Yeah, so she like, goes to him and he starts fighting her because he just sees her, he sees her as an enemy soldier like uh because she's just dressed in women's clothing right yeah just, you know uh, in armor and stuff like that but and then like at the like the moment she says no it's me it's me it's me piggy and she grabs like a uh a helmet and he puts it on he says oh it's you and he's like stops fighting and then he gets hit by an arrow oh and then two more and uh yeah and he basically you know he basically says like you you still want to play and ride high, and which is what they were doing. This kind of game they were oh. doing throughout and, and he dies in her arms. Oh, sorry. Uh, I don't usually get to this emotional, <laughs> but uh, no, it so, sounds yeah, so,
0: like an amazing scene. Yeah. You know?
1: So yeah, and so that's where their 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 whole plot comes down to. Yeah. So, and like, uh,
0: oh, you know, I'm, I'm so sad that I missed, I'm so sad that they cut this out of the of the abridged version. Mm-hmm.
1: But, uh, you know, then, you know, it, it kind of ends off with uh, Zhu Zhiang, Zhu Yu, and Chao all having this kind of conversation in the field where they give him yeah. a horse. They talk about how, you know, one day they'll probably be enemies and, mm-hmm. but you know, they're friends.
0: Yeah. And Chao says, don't turn him into a war horse too soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. And, uh,
1: and, and that, yeah, that is the... Uh, after five hours for me and like two and a half for you. Right. They uh we we are done the uh, uh Battle of Redcliff.
0: Yes. So you know this is a very, very rich film. And right. uh so at this point, let's talk a little bit about you know what what the film kind of got right and wrong uh what is it kind of drawing on in terms of historical reality as well as this novel what Mm -hmm. gets transformed so we'll spend a little time talking about that and then we'll kind of get into some more details about the novel and what we know about that as well so the Vera at Pulso, so of course we have, a, you know, real historical background for this and that it's inspired by both this real battle, which took place in the third century, and by this 14th century kind of epic novel, right? The Romance of the Three Kingdoms. And it seems like a decent amount of the battle elements and of of course the kind of some semi- of some semi- elements of these historical figures uh, is relying on, uh, you know, the actual kind of real history here. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So like the, the history to novel is a very kind of interesting yeah. path. Like, um so our kind of first kind of chronicles kind of appear in the third century. Mm-hmm. And as they're written, they're more like, think of it as more like a series of biographies of mm-hmm. every individual. So Salazar is a, a very detailed yeah. biography, but mm-hmm. all these And this minus-
0: is the records of the three kingdoms, right? Yeah. This, yeah, yeah.
1: this original, this, this gets added to in the fifth century with a lot more detail. Like the, mm-hmm. the, 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 detail gets tripled. Right. And you get yeah. lots more in depth and uh, stuff like this. Like we have, a, we have quite a lot of material from that time, especially a lot of poetry as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. but the, at this time, like it's becoming like uh, also moving into folklore, like fairly yeah. quickly as well. Like, there are a lot of kind of tales, so there's the history aspect that's kind of getting refined and and uh done. And basically, the most important history is from the 11th century this kind of encyclopedic history that was written in the 11th century of all the dynasties up to that point. And there's the main kind of Chinese text and that you can read in English translation and that kind of gives a nice linear progress. Already here are all the things that happened. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, there are a lot of like plays in uh, operas, folklore, all these kind of stories. Like I say, Guan Yu becomes the God of war, you know? So, yeah. Um, and then the novel Romance of Three Kingdoms comes out in the 14th century. It's, mm-hmm. it's very soon into the new Ming dynasty. Right. The way I've, I've heard it kind of explained is that like, it's almost the author wanted a kind of a guide to rulership. Mm -hmm. And so what you want to do is take this history, fictionalize it a bit, because he wants to kind of explain certain facets about politics and war. Mm-hmm. and give it a better human face, right? So
0: yeah, and that from and that was one of the things that I was kind of understanding based on what I was reading is that the, you know, that the original kind of chronicles are relatively sparse, right? That there's a lot of details especially about certain kind of individual characters that there are a lot of gaps that you can then sort of build up in some ways
1: as they, a novelist. So the romance is it's been said like it's seven parts history, three parts fiction. Mm-hmm. So what they fictionalized say in this is a lot of what Bei and Zhu Liang mm-hmm. do. Like, yeah. they're, they are fairly minor people in this battle. You know, this is Zhu Yu doing, you know, making a command. In the in the novel, and this is chapters 41 to 50 of the novel, mm-hmm. you have this all play out with Zhu Liang being the main character. Yeah. And Zhu Yu being his rival and the kind of secondary villain uh-huh so like he, like uh as i said like Zhu Yu here is the hero in the film
2: mm-hmm.
3: in
1: the in the novel he is like the antagonist of J- Zhu Liang the one he's mm-hmm. always trying he's trying to kill Zhu Liang
3: mm-hmm.
1: he's trying to like uh and Zhu is kind of has to balance fighting Cao Cao and also getting one over on mm-hmm. his you know so-called ally yeah the novel kind of proceeds you know with uh, it tells of the story of uh, of the borrowing of arrows uh, mm-hmm. which is presented as, as a chance like Zhuge may actually die like mm-hmm. he is like this is yeah. Zhao Yan, Zhuyu is planning to do this, uh, is hoping that this is a way he can behead Zhuge mm-hmm. and then they, they, ha- uh, they come up with a plot to send the fire ships yeah, and it was it was one of the guys uh, to secretly pretend to switch over, switch sides, and this mm-hmm. was one guy, and uh, and you have that, and then you have this kind of uh, attack by Zhu Yu afterwards. But it, like how uh, has to you know retreat, and it's yeah. during this retreat that he actually like his men were sick and injured. They, yeah. they wind up getting slaughtered on the way back by a lot by their own men as they right. kind of panic and flee. And Liu Bei's kind of forces are there to kind of mop up.
0: Right. And that's what we don't see in, I think, either cut of the film, right, is that we do not see this really disastrous retreat. And so it's interesting because the film kind of ends on this note of magnanimity in some ways on the part of our somewhat more heroic figures and that yeah. they're letting him go. And then, you know, to hear that this, you know, then it's a kind of interesting move and that it would have been a very different tone in some ways, right, had they ended instead on that.
1: Yeah, yeah, like uh, like there is a whole and, and there's uh, there's narrative reasons like to go into this whole retreat would also have to explain stuff between mm-hmm. Cao Sao's relationship with Guan Yu, which is right. a major part of the novel too. Like these these are two figures that have a big kind of friendship <laughs> almost, uh-huh. so that when Guan Yu releases him, Sao mm-hmm. uh, Cao at the very end, you know, it's it's a kind of a payback for a yeah time that Cao Cao released him and you could say Zhuji probably was plotting this all along that mm-hmm. sounds I would get away so but yeah but of course this this turns the tables and health sets up that we'll have three kingdoms uh mm-hmm. Bei will have his own Sun Quan will continue to rule and Sasa will rule in the north and they will be uh, three right. kingdoms that will fight on so
0: um, right and so and this is this transition right that this is a moment of the kind of fall of the uh, or the kind of winding down in some ways of the Han mm-hmm. dynasty uh, and then moving into this period that's referred to as the Three Kingdoms period where I believe I was reading that they all in fact kind of claimed the title of emperor.
1: Yeah, that's right. Like eventually, uh, Sao Cao's son overthrows the uh, uh, emperor and mm-hmm. claims himself as new emperor, which prompts the other two to also claim themselves as emperor. Right, in right, the end, yeah. And in, in, in it, near, near the three win. Right. Yeah.
0: there's a lot of, there's a lot of war from right during this period that this is a period with the kind of greatest degree of kind of, you know, military violence and instability Mm -hmm. in pre-modern Chinese history. And I think it is. uh, So, so another thing that I will kind of note in terms of the sort of historicity of the film, and this is Mm -hmm. coming from the romance of the three kingdoms as well, Mm -hmm. from what I understand is that Mm you know, it's, it's a movie and we have to have a hero and a villain, right? Or heroes mm-hmm. and villains. And so Chow Chow seems like he is transformed more, perhaps even especially in the abridged version where you even kind of cut out this kind of like nice speech about his son, that he really gets transformed into like a fairly uncomplicatedly villainous mm-hmm. figure. Whereas certainly the, you know, these as real people, right? The, the question of, you know, hero versus villain is a lot more complicated.
1: Yeah, like, uh, I'll say this, like, I, I'm on actually on, on Team South Zap, mm-hmm. you know, uh, from reading the novels. Um, mm-hmm. He is a villain, but he is a complex and, and very interesting one. Mm-hmm. So his famous quote is, I would rather betray the world than allow the world to betray me. Mm-hmm and it is something he lives up to on many occasions in uh-huh. the novel but he is also he's a really wise judge of character he's mm-hmm. uh, incredibly good the the novel changes his history slightly to make him a little more villainous mm-hmm. but the the novel is basically trying to make Liu Bay a lot more of a hero than he right. is. that that yeah. is that is the, the focus. Like, if you want the fictionalization, what the novel is trying to do is trying to set Liubei as one example and Sao Sao as another. And Sun Quan also is this third example. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, among the ed, many other rulers that are like, like, right. it, like, think of this as almost a guide of like, how do you rule, right? Uh-huh. And here are various examples of people that do various things, that make various decisions mm-hmm. uh, based on their personality. And they come to right and wrong. like why mm-hmm. a comes to many for his, all his racialists and virtue. he does not succeed.
0: right. But that it is a kind of rulership that from what I have my sense is that this kind of rulership that the author of the Romance of the Three Kingdoms is kind of idealizing right is this rulership where the ruler is very, very much, kind of, you know, considers and uh, prioritizes his people, right? That it's uh, that that is, uh, you know, what his kind of main focus is. That it's a kind of rulership that is more kind of focused than outward, rather than on his own authority. In some ways, it, it,
1: in some ways, yes. Yeah, like you can, uh, like he provides these examples, right? And mm-hmm. a basic reading uh, kind of gives his layu is the virtuous one, and this is the, what the path you should follow. But there are many like. Instances where that doesn't work, right? Mm-hmm. And where Sasai's kind of you know tough, tough love approach, and yeah. you know a Machiavellian approach, like where he's like basically a Machiavellian type figure, right? Mm-hmm. That his approach is the way to go. Because like in part, you don't hear like his kind of victories and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and like in the end, like none of these guys win, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Like all our heroes come to an end. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: And so, you know, the film, the film, I think, does an interesting move in that it really kind of focuses on these kind of generals and strategists as kind of mm-hmm. the main characters. Lu Bei is not given quite as much to do and I don't think is quite as idealized. But also, I think Chow Chow is more, as I said, especially it sounds like in the abridged version, mm-hmm. kind of uncomplicatedly villainous. We have a kind of interesting progression mm-hmm. of, you know, the historical Realities and what we know about the kind of initial ways these history was written, then kind mm-hmm. of moving into the novel, and then kind of mm-hmm. moving into the film that Chow Chow just keeps becoming a little bit more of a, a kind of straight yeah. villain.
1: Yeah, and I, and it's interesting, like you know, for the North American, for the international audiences outside of like Asia, like mm-hmm. they give him that more like straight villain character, mm-hmm. and I think like when they're shown to Chinese audiences and uh, in the Asia where he's so much more familiar yeah uh, they gave him a, a little more nuance mm-hmm. and like kind of show him off to be a little bit different so
0: yeah which is so interesting because of course you know you're you're coming into this very differently right as a western audience that you know your your average western viewer is not especially familiar with these characters and so can you know approaches them without any preconceived notions and so it's kind of very easy to just say like this is the bad guy and the way that that means and mm-hmm. you know pretty standard films The other thing that I found was really interesting from what I was reading is that it seems like the film gives a couple of our women characters more (laughs) to do. I I still kind of felt, especially in the abridged version, it sounds like, uh, like I wanted more, Mm -hmm. but it seems like they kind of gave him a bit more of an arc. So it seems like for Chao Xiao, we mostly know about, you know, her marriage and about Chao Chao's infatuation with Mm -hmm. her. Mm -hmm. But I think the the kind of, the kind of tea move, right, I think we were saying, right, is not in the novel. And that's something that gives her a lot of agency.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, All right. Well, let's say to begin, Romance of Three Kingdoms is not... Pro female in any uh-huh. way, like this as very is...
0: little from the 14th century is.
1: Yes, yes. Like they, uh, they're especially like hostile to like women characters playing politics, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is one or two women characters that are played in a good light. With with her character, literally, there is I think one or two references to her as she is Yu wife, right? And Yuju in helping trick Zhu, uh, Zhu Yu go on to this war, says that Cao Cao wants her mm-hmm. in, in one of his palaces. Yeah. Uh, and there's and he recites a poem that Sao uh, Cao's son has said about her. Mm-hmm. And then Zhu Yu's like, what? I can't <laughs> believe this don't you know she's my wife <laughs> and like no no I did not know this you uh, uh I didn't mean to embarrass you or cause you strife but uh, that's what I've heard you know so that is mm-hmm. so that is literally the beginning and end to her her plot in the novel
0: yeah, so I think especially given that I appreciate that as I said, she's got she's got a bit more to do. It sounds like Lady Sun, especially in the extent in the link in the longer version in the two part version, has a lot more to do than she does in the novel.
1: Yes, yeah, she uh, like in the novel there is presented like oh, uh, Li- a uh, later time, Bei Li- and Sun Quan agreed to have this marriage alliance, right. Uh, she, uh, she arrives and she has, yes, yeah, she has, um, uh, she is a uh, warrior and her, uh, her maids are also dressed in armor, mm-hmm. uh, but the marriage doesn't go, uh, in, in the end, uh, they get married, but uh, she has to stay behind when he rebels and uh, it's just a sad, like nothing comes of it. And-,
0: and I believe it said she commits suicide in the novel eventually after she hears of his stuff.
1: I I imagined so yeah like that would yeah. have happened like you know 14, 14 years later you know so
0: Yeah right yeah so well well after this period right yeah. that we're uh, on in the particular novel yeah. but that seems like they you know they kind of up the up the kind of the romance of that marriage to some extent yeah. from what I from what I was reading and Yeah yeah
1: they yeah. Uh, like yeah it, it's not like so like there's not uh, like there are no women characters that say a word in in these uh uh, the only one that you hear is the one that dies by throwing herself into the uh uh well yeah that is is the only speaking female character
0: yeah so we get i you know we get a lot more of the women and while i will say you know it still isn't perfect in the sense of like it is very much a kind of male heavy (laughs) film yeah they honestly do a much better job than a lot of the things I've seen in that like I've seen a number of films and covered a number of films through this podcast where somehow the movie made in like the 21st century is actually worse mm-hmm. than medieval either literature <laughs> yeah. or historical reality.
1: Indeed, indeed. Like, yeah, yeah. like concerning the source material, they, uh, they have done a really good job in depicting yeah. female characters. Like I, I, can't, I can't think of anything else that they could have done
0: yeah no so i mean i think i think you know especially like given given the source material i think i think they did a good job with you know with what they did overall so i i will i have to give them props for that and that you know as i said it seemed it, I, i've seen a lot worse in terms of uh, how films approach women yeah, you know
1: uh yeah and, uh, yeah i think that that's it's fairly interesting like you know i guess I find it surprisingly progressive for a film yeah. made in two thousand in two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten, mm-hmm. China. You know, like yeah. uh, for Chinese audiences. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah.
0: Finally, the other thing I'll say just about kind of thinking about the historical context of this before we say maybe a, a few more words about the the romance of the Three Kingdoms. Is that the other thing that I found interesting is that while obviously this is very much a kind of militarily focused film, and in that it certainly has a good deal of violence, it didn't strike me as having this kind of very negative, quote, dark ages perception of the pre-modern past that you so often see in Western films about late antiquity and the Middle Ages. Mm -hmm. And my sense is that they don't see certainly the Middle Ages that way in china that that's not that's just not something that's kind of part of their culture in terms of they don't really see that period as being you know this kind of horrible dark ages moment yeah.
1: i think chinese history it's often looked back as periods of golden ages mm-hmm. and decline uh, yeah you know and even in decline you know this you know the middle kingdom is still an important place in and deserving like of heroes and like yeah who are these are presented as knowledgeable people you know they even present you know Guan Yu uh this god of war is at some point reading to children yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, telling them how to read so yeah you don't get like this kind of sense that like you know oh this is a terrible time and things mm-hmm. like that like Like even like this, you know, the suffering of the people is kind of in the background, right? Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah. And, you know, very much a reminder, right, that the, you know, that our periodization choices and our perceptions of the, you know, of the pre-modern past are very much Western-centric in a lot of ways, right? And that the ways other places outside of you know western Europe and the United States per, uh, perceive this era is very very different yeah like uh, you,
1: you can see like you know like the very big first words of the novel say that like you know China goes through these cycles where the, mm-hmm. it, it's united for a long time then gets divided for a yeah. long time but it will get united again, you mm-hmm. know. And like China's if you kind of look at like the main country, China, like this, we are now going through this period of uniting after this kind of horrible 19th century and early 20th century. Mm-hmm. Like there's a view in China that we are on the rise yet again. Yeah. You know? So it's sort of more get, cyclical. Yeah. So this kind of cyclical kind of yeah feeling. So it that kind of kind of plays into it as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is, you know, history, but it is. It is not a failure. It is is yeah. of a part of destiny.
0: Yeah, which in I mean, which in some ways I kind of uh, I don't know think is maybe a sort of more interesting way to think about the, about history and about the past than the kind of ideas of linear progress that were often I would say overly attached to, in uh, especially in the United States, right? And so I and so I found this film really interesting in that regard that you know it certainly has again in the end this is certainly emphasis on war but that you know it's not saying like people in the past are barbaric or dumb mm-hmm. they're in fact you know extremely intelligent yeah. and I appreciate that about this
1: yeah like war, like even the idea like war is treated here as a intellectual you mm-hmm. know where it's stratagems, it's not brute force, right? Like you, you get yeah. a bit of the brute force where you see like how really good Guan Yu is with the weapon and stuff like that. But is mm-hmm. people thinking through it, right? And like, yeah. Uh, and uh, strategy. Th- and Romance of Three Kingdoms has been called like the, the uh, Sun Tzu's Art of War played out. Aha! Uh-huh. You know, yeah. So.
0: Yeah, so let's say a few more words in the Historia at Veritas about the romance The Three Kingdoms itself, and that it's, it's interesting, so it's uh, written or is uh, kind of meant to be written by somebody named uh, Liu Buonjong, but we actually know very, very little about this author, so he's kind of generally agreed upon to be the author, but we really don't know anything about him.
1: That's right, Like, and there are kind of multiple versions, like even like, I think the kind of version that we are kind of reading in English translations more from the 17th century, it, uh, but yeah, like uh, it is part of one of these kind of these four main books that mm-hmm. have come out in medieval times that are considered the classics of Chinese culture.
0: Mm-hmm. So. And am I correct in understanding that this is something that is to some extent sort of popular fiction, right? That this would be something that you know that would be that would be read pretty widely.
1: Yeah, I've I've been told that like every person in China has read this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, like yeah. this is. In terms of like media, you know, I said I got into this through a video game called Romance of the Three Kingdoms, which was this like, and I think me and my friends were playing version number three. Uh, it has gone on to have like at least a couple dozen versions from this company. There has been movies and TV shows. I I remember seeing uh, a cartoon mm-hmm. uh, doing that. There is, you know, tell yeah, like plenty of like that wasn't the there was another movie just in two thousand and eight. Uh-huh. About a different uh, part of the novel. So there is a constant. And once once I got online, like once the internet became a thing, mm-hmm. uh, I remember like, you know, forums would spout up where people yeah. actually translated the novel, where people were translating the historical materials. So quite a bit. And there was much, much conversation about that, uh, just within the English language circles that mm-hmm. I could, you know, so, so I could imagine you know, you know, how big, how big it it is in China is something that everybody knows. So
0: yeah, I mean, I was just looking at, you know, there, there really, there is a massive number of adaptations in terms of, you know, film, television, uh, graphic novels, you know, uh, manhwa, manga. Yeah, like, there's just, there's so many adaptations, it really just kind of speaks to the popularity and familiarity of this text, mm-hmm. again, right, within, within China. And Vernon also speaks to that, like, oh, this is something that, you know, people in the United States, like, should be perhaps more familiar mm-hmm. with. Yeah, yeah.
1: And so I, like, I, like I've like, i talked about it uh, a few times on Medievalist.net, just mm-hmm. because I love it so much. There, as I said, there's a few, three different, four different translations, actually, of, mm-hmm. uh, of it uh, that are kicking around, if you want to get it. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and it depends on how, how in depth if you want to read all 120 chapters, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, uh, was, 120 I'm,
0: chapters, and I believe 800,000 words uh, was a count that I came across, right? It's a lot of book.
1: Yeah, like I've literally, you know, two books, the English translation is over 1000 pages. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. the full the full kind of academic e- tr- translation. There's not a, a ton of books and articles about mm-hmm. it. There's a guy named uh, Ra- Rafe de, de, de Crespingi, as out mm-hmm. of Australia. He has been kind of the Three Kingdoms scholar, like mm-hmm. looking at the history of it. And he's done a few books, a couple of translations of, of, of the older material. But beyond that, there are just fleeting... Uh, about the book, like, like, literally, I think this should be if you were doing like an academic course, the medieval world. Yeah, uh, I I would, I would certainly suggest that you give the students a few of the chapters. Yeah, as reading, it's just because it's just so fun. But uh, yeah,
0: I mean, I'm absolutely convinced. I'm absolutely going to going to teach some selections from this uh, next time I do my medieval world survey.
1: And so yeah, you have that. And then so you have the, like the novel, and you have the history. You know, you can if you want. On uh, there's a good YouTube channel called Kings and Generals. uh They actually talk about the history and give you ex- you know a, a brief view of what the battle is. They have that. I, I'm i kind of gathering materials, and I'm hoping maybe to write one one day about it.
0: Exciting. Yeah.
1: If I have time. Yeah. I have, I have, I have many <laughs> things to do, but uh, if well, I could. <laughs> But yeah, uh, it's, uh, so yeah, I'd, I certainly, I, I recommend it as, as reading is a fun, I'd say, you know, I read it first as like a 15 year old, it, it certainly works for a 15 yeah. year old boy, male, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, over the years, I, I hope I've kind of shifted my kind of views on how it presents characters, mm-hmm. and you know, what the kind of meanings you get from it, because I think, yeah. you know, um, you can certainly get caught up in the heroism yeah of it all so um, yeah but then it is a you can read it as a lot more of a full philosoph- philosophical text mm-hmm. so yeah.
0: yeah yeah so excellent plug and I will make sure to get some of the references from you for those translations so I can put those in the show notes for anybody okay. who both for myself and also for anybody <laughs> else who's interested in and uh, in reading more on this The next segment, uh, short and brief segment that I have is the Fabula Nostra, where uh, I have us each come up with an idea for a film or some other piece of media or an adaptation inspired by this one. And I'll actually mention two ideas. One, to some extent, it seems like they in part do in the uh, the longer version of the film, which I'll have mm-hmm. to check out at some point, but that I really would have loved to see more of Lady Sun, that she was one of these characters that I was like, How, what's, what's she doing all day <laughs> in the camp? Like, does anybody know that she's there? Who do they think she is? You know, does she have any kind of narrow misses in terms of people being suspicious of her? Also, like, where did she learn all these skills? I would have loved to see more of her. And so I think a spinoff would be interesting, but. I can also say, and, you know, as I said, it seems like there are a ton of adaptations, but that I think, you know, I also think mm. it would be interesting for there to be, you know, a really well done miniseries that covers the full, the mm. full novel, you know, over perhaps the course of uh, many, many episodes or a couple of seasons. Oh,
1: oh, oh sure, sure. I'd love, I'd, I'd love to see if I could get my hands on like um, an English version of like one that. You know Chinese kind of series that has been done. That, like mm-hmm. I'm sure there has been ones that have covered everything. Uh, yeah, but like if I if I had to choose from like a story, I'd probably go with one of the early ones. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the story involving Dong Zhuo and Lu Bu. Dong Zhuo is the kind of catalyst that starts to break up this Han Dynasty mm-hmm. when he seizes the emperor. He's this kind of local thug and tyrant, and Lu Bu is his his his, his ace general and fighter in the, in the stories uh, they get driven against each other by a woman, Mm-hmm. Uh, named Dioshan, and she's got uh, she is uh, and a, a court advisor uses her as a way to get these two to fight each other mm-hmm. uh, As and this and it can be I think it could be turned into a really good story like her character could be very well done it's kind of like a bit of a love story mm-hmm. uh, you get you get the the early introductions of Sao Cha- uh, Cao at Bay and everybody that like and, uh like Sao Lai- Cao's best moments are early on where he has to murder his friend and, <laughs> and uh, things yeah. like that. Yeah, so, but there are many, like, you can, like, literally take, you know, bits and pieces. Um, mm-hmm. You know, these, the one thing is, like, the characters are so well refined. Uh, you know, you kind of like me and my friends would, for many a times, would like, oh, this character is the, is the Zhang Fei, right? Like, he's mm-hmm. this, you know, big, lunky warrior, you know, uh, outbursts and stuff like that. Here's Guan Yu, the cool. You know, general type. Mm-hmm. Here's Lao Bay, the really nice guy. You know, so here's you know there, and there are different raids of villains, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, you even have like the ones that are like they're not villainous, just just inept.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so yeah, so yeah, like I I certainly think like all these kind of can there are many 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 uh, stories like, and then yeah, you can you can get into the weeds of like even the little ones and just you know create you know little plots out of it. Yeah, so, so no, I think, yeah. you know,
0: more more adaptations of this, I think, would be would be great.
1: Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's certainly yeah, it's I I can see it. like I'm I'm sure I'm sure in our lifetimes we will see. Yeah. Uh, More, uh, more adaptations. It's just uh, so rich in source material and so Mm -hmm. well loved that like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's like Star Trek, you know, like our Star Trek where, you know, they will have something or like Robin Hood, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, Robin Hood, like in 10 years. There will always be another Robin 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 Hood, Hood. (laughs) you know.
0: Well, at this point in the estimatio or rating section, I have both me and my guests each rate the film on a scale from one to five based on whatever subjective criteria we see fit. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to edge this up to a four. Mm-hmm. I tend to not gravitate toward movies that are very, very heavy on the military aspects of things. And I think especially given that, I think this one is one of the really better done versions of that that I've seen in terms of actually kind of making the battle kind of real aspects really interesting there were definitely kind of moments where kind of earlier in the film where I was just like this is certainly a lot of war and mm-hmm. then I think they kind of made it interesting enough that it really kind of grew on me I also do you know I, I don't think this film is perfect in terms of its depiction of women characters far from it but as I said I think it's done a better job than a lot of other films of giving women more rather than less to do based on their source material. And I have a decent amount of appreciation for that. And in general, I also will just say I I really would highly recommend this in terms of a having people, you know, watch more non-Western pre-modern films and that, you know, I want to see kind of more of these stories get told that aren't just about like England and France. So I very, you know, especially even outside of Western Europe. So I'm very appreciative of that. I, you know, I'm I mean,
1: going to agree with you on, on, on pretty much everything including the score. Like I I, have, I come from a military history backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so in that sense, like, you know, I, I don't mind it. It is a little bit long in mm-hmm. the battle like, like you know to, to do a five hours you know like you probably want to do it over two days not not one right like, you know one like i did but it, it can get a bit repetitive like i as saying like like, oh, like well this really turns the that section of the novel upside down with the, mm-hmm. the betrayals of characters i thought it was yeah. sort of better i say if they put like a straightforward adaptation it would seem kind of childish mm-hmm. so i thought you know i thought they did like i was invested like like it's hard for me to say oh I I really because I'm really invested in these characters right like I don't know like you know if you read the novel so many times and you know you have all Mm -hmm. these memories uh yeah that that go back you know at this point for me about 20 years Mm -hmm. uh invested in it that uh, you know like I can't look at it you know you know with anything but rose-colored glasses yeah but they uh yeah like i think i'd give it like, a four out of a four out of five would be uh you know good like i think you know i i would have liked even south south's character to be a little more refined and not uh, yeah. so villainous and i yeah. would like i would liked to a, f- a couple of more minor characters stories to kind of mm-hmm. be put out so
0: yeah and I will say you've actually talked into, you know, pro- probably not quite, you know, tomorrow with the, uh, the, <laughs> the abridged version fresh in my mind, but you've actually talked me into uh, at some point watching the extended version or the, the I guess the, the, you know, the original version mm. I keep talking as the extended version, uh, but yeah. I guess, you know, really the original and I just watched the abridged version that I yeah. convinced me that the, uh, yeah, the longer yeah. version would be worth watching.
1: Yeah, I think if if I remember, I wasn't as satisfied when I watched the the abbreviated version. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. it kind of kind of skips over a lot, and well, there was things like I didn't quite understand, and then you you quite pick it out, right? In the, yeah, longer ones, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll say that, I mean, you know, my my score is kind of odd in the sense that I think I've kind of adjusted my score in part hearing about what's in the extended version. (laughs) I would say kind of like given these sort of gaps, probably really the abridged version maybe deserves closer to a Mm
1: 3.5. I'd say you'd knock it down a a bit for, for yeah. what it lost. So. Yeah.
0: But I will Despite to have actually watched the, uh, the full length version. I will say, I think, you know, I, I think overall from what I'm hearing, I think that probably that deserves a four and the abridged a 3.5. Yeah.
1: yeah. Otherwise, you know, otherwise, yeah. yeah, it's it's certainly, uh, certainly something to watch, yeah. you know, um, you know, I, I think you gain uh, lots of different ways depending on how much you know going into it.
3: So,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so if you if you enjoy it, then I would certainly want to read the novel. And if you yeah. really love the novel, get into the history. That's, that's yeah. literally my path. You know, yeah. I went, f- I went from video game to novel <laughs> to history. Mm -hmm. medieval medieval history and look where i am now
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely so so speaking of that as we finish up are there places where the listeners could find you on the internet
1: please visit medievalist.net medievalists.net you can find us on pretty much all the social media channels i even have tiktok I'm not very, I'm not very good at it, but uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we have YouTube, we have uh, a few podcasts under our roof, the medieval podcasts, uh, medieval grad podcast, bow and blade. We have a military medieval military history podcast. Mm. So I, I, I should, I should get them to talk about this. Although they yeah. never, they've never, they've, I'm sure uh, Kelly, Kelly DeVries and Michael Livingston have never <laughs> read this. <novel. laughs> they, we have that. And, you know, I'm just trying to be here and there and everywhere and uh if you uh want to work with us let us know. Uh I'm trying to be, you know, offer something to everybody, right? Uh yeah. so yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh I this is my fun, my the job that I love doing, so
0: Excellent. So thank you so much for coming on. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe in your preferred podcatcher app. Please rate and review Media Evil on Apple Podcasts. I'll read new five-star reviews in future episodes. Please also follow the podcast on Twitter at Media Evil Pod and join our Facebook group. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sarah Itchdecker. And if you have any questions or suggestions, I'd love to hear from you via email at media.evilpod at gmail.com. So Peter, thank you again for joining me. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening to media evil. Bye.